0: This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly.
1: Here we go, game day on a Black and Blue Report. Welcome into the podcast. Uh, For Saints and Pelicans fans, I'm Sean Kelly. Who everybody? It's Saints and Falcons tonight at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, and we're here to get you ready in our own little small way from Studio B on Airline Drive as we put this all together before heading downtown for uh, the big game tonight. I'm really looking forward to it. I know the Saints are one and four. I know the Falcons are five and zero, oh, but um, it's still Saints Falcons, and I'm looking forward to it. And and hopefully this good feeling I have carries into good mojo tonight at the dome, and and then you know you never know what's gonna happen, but. Uh, We're excited. I hope everybody is excited around the city today. I've seen a lot of black and gold on my way into work. And, uh, you know, it's a work day for everybody, but uh, hopefully it's a work day that ends the right way. So we'll see how it goes. We're going to preview tonight's game with a couple of our good friends. Uh, Of course, uh, Jim Henderson, the voice of the Saints. He is uh, scrambling on a game day to get ready, but he's taking some time for us. We'll get his thoughts going into this one. And we'll also check in with the voice of the Falcons. We don't like the Falcons, but we like West Durham. So (laughs) we welcome back West Durham today. And uh, we'll get the guys who are calling the games tonight on the radio for their teams to uh, give us their perspective. And uh, we'll continue our project from yesterday. I don't know if you listened to yesterday's black and blue report, but we had Ian Eagle on from uh, Westwood One. And we uh, proposed this idea of a... uh, uh, game prep potluck uh, supper. Have have each of these announcers bring uh, a little note to us, to you all, uh, about tonight's game. And so we'll do the same with Jim Henderson and West Durham today and see if we get some truly unique information about either the players or the teams uh, competing tonight downtown. Um, so obviously Henderson and West Durham. And then also we're going to uh, grab Michael Motti for a moment out of the Saints locker room and get his thoughts on growing up in this rivalry, and now being a participant. We did a little bit of that with Delvin Bro yesterday. Um, I will say this. Uh, Michael was more of a Saints fan growing up and more immersed in the rivalry than Delvin Bro. so I think you're going to get a different take today when we visit with him. So all this is a good, exciting stuff. Before we get out of here on this Thursday, I will uh, give you the uh, programming note on the Alvin Gentry radio show uh, that airs this evening on the basketball side and what's next for the Pelicans. There's going to be some news made, uh, and some has already been made this week before they leave town tomorrow. So we'll touch on a couple of those things before we end this uh, show here on Saints Game Day. We'll take our first time out. When we come back, we'll get into our preview tonight uh, for tonight's game with Jim Henderson, the voice of the Saints, right with us.
2: Ever been surprised by a bill? A big bill that's higher than expected? Energy's online tools let you take control. Try level billing so there are no surprises. Pick a due date that works for you and sign up for alerts to remind you when your bill is due. Make your bills fit your budget. Don't wait another month. Take action today at EntergyIdeas.com. That's the power of people. Entergy.
1: Everything you need to know about your New Orleans Pelicans is right in the palm of your hands. The New Orleans Pelicans app is easy to use, plus makes an excellent companion whether you're watching the team in the Smoothie King Center or on the road. Recently added features on the app include the latest videos and highlights, plus access to a full list of arena amenities. Download the Pelicans app for free now on your iPhone or Android devices. For more information, check out Pelicans.com today.
0: The Pelicans Pick 6 plan presented by Domino's is the opportunity to pick the games right for you. Ticket packages are the only way to score access to the biggest games, including a matchup against LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Plus, each plan comes with a free Domino's pizza. Six game packages start as low as $54. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to score your Pick 6 plan today.
3: What's up, Black and Gold fans? This is Anthony Mackie, Seven Wall
1: soldier, Drew Brees' disciple. You are listening to the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. We'll talk with the voice of the Falcons, West Durham, in a little bit, but we, we are not going to put West Durham in front of Jim Henderson, the voice of the Saints. That would just be flat wrong. Jim Henderson, it is a game day here on a Thursday. We are so grateful for you uh, being available to us.
4: John, it's my pleasure. Anything for you, my friend.
1: Thank you, sir. May I may I take folks uh, behind the curtain a little bit to your radio? Sure. Okay. Um, you you know you don't wear a coat and tie to games, but then again, you also don't wear you know Saints paraphernalia to call games, correct?
4: No, I don't. Right.
1: No. Collared shirt, slacks, that kind of a thing, correct? That's
4: correct. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, where I'm going with this is this, uh, you know, this rivalry with the Saints and the Falcons. And uh, and I know I'm I'm going around town today and seeing everybody in their game day garb. Uh, have you ever in all the Saints Falcons games you've called? Have you ever making have you ever made the mistake of going out of the house and heading to the stadium in red and black on this particular day?
4: You know, I, I probably have not. And to tell you the truth, I never really even think about that. Occasionally, <laughs> if I'm wearing the other team's colors, people will point that out to me. But I've got so much, hopefully, to think about on game day. It never even crosses my mind. But I would probably be smarter uh, than to to go out in a New Orleans home game wearing red and black. I don't think that would be a good idea, unless you like getting your lights punched
1: out. Well, this is true, and I didn't want to insult your intelligence. I just want to make sure that you had not, you know, had you ever made that mistake, or have you been superstitious about what you've worn to games before?
4: Sometimes, like in the 2009 season, and, and Hokies the same way, uh, when the Saints got off to that 13-game winning streak, we didn't change much, I think including our underwear, as I recall, which keeps the booth pretty much wide open whenever we broadcast.
1: Wow, it's funny. I think I saw those boxer shorts at Kenny Trahan's uh, Saints Hall of Fame over there at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome.
4: <laughs> They're in a shadow box there up on the wall. <laughs> Outstanding.
1: Outstanding. Um, this is still a fun rivalry. I know it's I know it's weird to get into football on a Thursday, but it it being the rivalry game, doesn't that kind of – Juice the thing a little bit
4: I think it does Sean, especially when you consider the records of these two teams and the Falcons off to a five and0 start and the Saints already four games behind them in the division but it's always special when these two teams get together um, the old cliche you can throw the record books and the and the and the statistics and the standings out the window I'm not totally sure you can do that, but it always spices things up and It's been an incredible rivalry for the longest time, one of the best, if not the best, in the NFL.
1: Well, and let's be honest. Look, if you look at everything on paper right now, phase by phase, position group by position group, everybody should say, oh, Atlanta, you know, Atlanta tonight. But um, does does the rivalry or the place where the Saints find themselves change that scenario tonight in any way?
4: I think it does. I mean, I was a little bit surprised to see that the Falcons were only three-point favorites, and I think that's a testimony to the oddsmakers knowing about the depth of this rivalry, and, I mean, you look at this season for the Saints and their only victory came at home in prime time, and uh, the Saints I don't believe have ever had the luxury of playing a Thursday night game at home. So I think all those things uh, bring consideration to why it's only a three-point spread.
1: Do we know everything we need to know about the Saints at this point, Jim, or is there still more to be discovered?
4: Uh, On the field, off the field, combination of the two,
1: well, I think maybe um, on the field at, at this point because because I thought something different would happen at Philadelphia and we all know what happened. Um, I thought that Dallas would be different, but yet we saw how that game played out. So I find myself here after five games not, you know, not being silly about being an optimistic guy, but at the same time, I almost feel like I still don't know everything I need to know yet.
4: Well, I think that point is well taken, Sean. I don't think the Saints... Have established their identity yet, and uh, hopefully their identity is not what we saw most recently against Philadelphia. It's a young team, uh, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. And while the statistics don't look good on that side, I think that's an area of hope when you consider last year's draft and how much it's helped them there. Apparently, um, offensively, this is I said coming into this season, the defense would have to play better than it did a year ago. Uh, in order to compensate for an offense that didn't figure to be nearly as good as last year's offense. It, uh, I think last year's offense isn't going to be uh, approached by this year's offense, and yet the defense really hasn't turned the corner either. So I think there's your your combination of why the Saints sit at 1-4. and four.
1: Okay, I mean, that makes total sense. Um, should we Should we find ourselves head-scratching a little bit or grasping at things with regard to how this game might turn tonight, or does it simply come down to, um, the wild swings that can happen in this rivalry, why one team makes it a closer game when maybe they shouldn't. And I, I guess I'm talking about turnovers and, and field position, that kind of a thing. Is that—is that what this comes down to before it slides into something else?
4: Well, I think it could. You know, whenever I look at a matchup, I try to look at the offensive lines of the two teams because it all starts there. And again, you never know what's going to happen in this rivalry, but if I look at the the two offensive lines that are coming into this game, I think that's where, to me, the greatest concern is as a Saints fan. You look at the Saints offensive line, um, and we know that, that Zach Streif uh, didn't come off his best game against Philadelphia. Perhaps Jari Evans returns at, at guard after being out with a scope. At center, you still have Max Unger, but at left guard now, um, you've got Tim Lolito out, and you got Andrus Pete at left tackle, and we know that he didn't have the greatest of debuts at that position last week against Philadelphia. And then you look at the Falcons, and to me, this is really one of the, the truly underappreciated things that go in, that goes into the, the Falcons' 5-0 start is their offensive line. And I would challenge most any Saints fan or a fan of the NFL, besides Jake Matthews, their number one draft choice two years ago out of Texas A&M, at left tackle. Can you name me one other member, of the Falcons' starting offensive line.
1: No, I, I can't, and I've looked at it, and I just put it down two hours ago, and I still don't think I have a name that jumps out at you.
4: Yep. Apart from Jake Matthews, of the other four players, three of them were free agent acquisitions, and the fourth was the subject of a trade with Tennessee for a low-level draft choice. And they're playing great. And you look at the Falcons, and they've got terrific balance, and I think that's a tribute to this offensive line. Uh, they've got excellent balance between the run and the pass. Uh, I saw them for the most part against the Texans a few weeks ago when we were playing on that Sunday night game, I had a chance to watch that whole game. I couldn't be more impressed with the way their offensive line is performing. Now, that might change tonight. Hopefully, for Saints fans, it will. But to me, that's really an underappreciated facet
1: of this team. Well, that's a big, big storyline going into tonight. Good point there. Uh, Jim, I have had the privilege this week to speak to uh, not only yourself, but West Durham and Ian Eagle, all calling radio for different audiences tonight. And so I decided to do something uh, a little different, a little fun <laughs> with the three of you all. Um, I'm springing <laughs> you on this, this on you now. But, of course, I'm sure you're familiar with the concept of a potluck supper, correct? Right. Right. Correct. Uh, wh- why everything has to come back to food for me, I don't know. But um, a- anyway, <laughs> so I thought we'd do, we'd do a little um, game prep potluck supper, if you will. Now, all right. as you know, having <laughs> probably been to one or two of these over the years, you want to bring a dish that impresses and you certainly don't want to bring the same dish that somebody else has brought. Correct.
4: Uh-huh, all uh-huh, right. So
1: correct. I've asked each of you all to come up with a game prep potluck supper nugget for us, or a dish, if you will, um, that, uh, I hope will impress and be unique in its into itself. And then I will share everybody's potluck dish with the other announcers. When I see you all at the Mercedes Benz Superdome tonight. Um, are you willing to participate, mm-hmm. and do you have a uh, game prep potluck nugget for us or dish?
4: Well, my note would be this, that Devontae Freeman, who grew up on the mean streets of Miami in the inner city, uh, had a lot of his um, his livelihood work ethic shaped by the fact that he worked at a funeral home at 13 years old and saw just about everything you can see as far as catastrophic, uh, the catastrophic, catastrophic results of, of living on the street and the violence therein. And he said it made him the person he is today when it comes to his work ethic and what a grinder he is, and how uh, how professional he is in every single way, despite his recent success.
1: That is a great game prep nugget right there. Well, I, I don't even know want to know where you got that, but that is fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> Thank
4: you.
1: <laughs> um, I know you're busy on a game day here, um, and we'll look forward to your call tonight. Uh, hopefully, you'll have a, a much better uh, weekend as a result of perhaps a Saints upset over the Falcons this evening, Jim.
4: That would be great. I hope so. I hope to see you tonight at the game, Sean.
1: Sounds good. That's Jim Henderson, voice of the Saints, with us here on the Black and Blue Report. We'll check in with Wes Durham in just a moment.
0: It's the hottest comedy event of the year. The Comedy Get Down World Tour. With Cedric the Entertainer, D.L. Hughley, Eddie Griffin, George Lopez, and Charlie Murphy. One hilarious night of comedy. With the funniest comedians in the country. Get ready to laugh like you've never laughed before. With Cedric the Entertainer, Eddie Griffin, D.L. Hughley, George Lopez, and Charlie Murphy. Saturday, November 21st, 8 p.m. in the Smoothie King Center. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. The Comedy Get Down World Tour. It's the best
1: comedy show, period
0: At Smoothie King, we're so much more than just fruit in a blender because each and every Smoothie King smoothie is blended for a purpose. Whether you want to firm up for summer or last longer in the gym, make it one more mile or simply make it through the day, we have a smoothie just for that. If you're looking to purify your diet, hurry in and try our new Nutty Super Grain Vegan Smoothie made with almond milk, some Warrior protein, super grains, and a peanut taste you'll go nutty for. Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. It's Saints game day. This is the Black and Blue Report.
1: All right, we continue on this Thursday as we get ready for Saints and Falcons tonight. The Mercedes-Benz Superdome. It should be a dandy. I hope it will be. Uh, The Falcons are red hot, 5-0, and the uh, Saints certainly would love to feel better about themselves with a divisional win and an arch rival win tonight. We'll see how that plays out. And to help us do that, we continue our conversation with the guys that will be calling the game. Uh, Wes Durham, the voice of the Falcons, returns to the Black and Blue Report. Hello, Wes.
4: Sean, how are you, bud? I'm
1: doing well. Uh, your best golf outing this past off season was?
5: Ooh, 74 at uh, Wade Hampton in uh, the mountains of North Carolina. Actually, my radio partner, Dave Archer, and I played together. We played about eight times together this year. And I had 74 in uh, mid-June. And then, like, two weeks later, I was with Archer, and he shot 69. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, and I missed it. And you'll appreciate this part because you know me well enough. I missed a downhill birdie putt for seventy three on the last hole.
1: Uh-huh.
5: yeah, yeah. yeah. And that would have been that would have been buy a shirt, by sweater, buy a sport coat, buy a belt from the clubhouse. I mean, I would have, I would have probably sank six hundred, seven hundred dollars in the pro shop if I'd have hit seventy three. But- yeah. Yeah, that was about as good as I had it going, and then it slowly, as it typically does for me, started to fade from about uh, mid-July to mid-August, it just started to trickle away because it knew it was time to go back to work, so.
1: Sounds like you and your brass partner are going to give strokes uh, to David Wesley and myself on the uh, basketball side. Ooh, wow,
5: okay, yeah, but, uh, you know, the good thing about Atlanta and New Orleans is we've got plenty of outlets to play, so yeah, but... uh, That'd be fun to do sometimes.
1: I think this should happen. I really do. So good. Um, but the, okay. but but here's the caveat, though. Um, would you okay. give up the game of golf? And I know you like. I know you. You know that, right? Uh, uh-huh. would, sure. Would Would you give up the game of golf if I could grant you now a chance to call an Atlanta Falcons Super Bowl winner?
5: Wow. Um, and I love golf. But <laughs> yeah, a Super Bowl would be a paramount broadcast. And I've always told Jim that uh, no, I just that moment and when you win one or even do one i gotta believe is just as good as it gets in this industry i don't know if i'd give up golf though because i enjoy the passion and the competition of playing but um yeah i mean to do a super bowl would be would be pretty cool and 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 realistically at some points i think that's why you stay around and do it is sometimes to see if you can get that moment because to have that moment i had it with a final four in the national championship in basketball with georgia tech and it's a pretty unbelievable scene to have that kind of stage to do your, to do something you've basically done all your life or, or hope to do all your life, and yeah, it would be fun to do a Super Bowl, no question about that. You didn't think this was
1: going to be an easy interview, did you? Come on.
5: No, no, it never is. I mean, no. you know me too well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, your call, by the way, last week was spectacular. Although I don't think, and I maybe have to go back and listen to the tape, I don't think that you worked in the fact that Robert Alford is a native of Hammond, Louisiana, which is about ten minutes from my house. Yeah,
5: I didn't, and you know what? It's always interesting because Robert, remember, a couple of years ago, had his first career interception in a game in the Superdome. And, uh, you know, it's always interesting for him to come back and play New Orleans because of the fact that, you know, he played at Southeast and grew up in the area and so forth. And I think it's always – it's now particularly interesting for him to come back this week on the heels of what he did the other day, his first ever two-interception game, Um, obviously the, the pick six to win it. Um you know and, and and he's the guy who's kind of been the forgotten corner because of Trufont's breakout last year and and certainly through the first first five games this year, but the, as a combination now, they've really, really started to come along in Dan Quinn's first year here.
1: why are, what is the biggest reason to why the Falcons are five and0?
5: um Well, one, I think they've been lucky. They've had no major devastating, Shelva guy injury. Okay, I mean, yeah, obviously Devin Hester being out on short-term IR is is bad, but it's not. You know, he he's a return specialist who happens to play wide receiver, not a wide receiver who returns who returns punts and kicks. Um, you know, the other part is is that, um, yeah, they're I'm sure they're going to get some break from the schedule just based on their record last year. But the other part about it, Sean, is. they, they know how to finish somehow. I mean, for their first five games they've trailed in the fourth quarter and won all of them, um, you know, including Sunday. Um, the first three games and then Sunday amount to those four. Uh, the other thing is, is that I think the, the energy and the passion that the head coach has, and, and I honestly do believe they have built this team a little bit from the inside out, from a mental perspective, from some of the chemistry things, like confidence issues, things like that which is probably not the norm that the way things have to go. Remember, there's there's some new faces on this team, Sean, but there are not a drastic overhaul of the roster new faces, if you know what I mean. And, yeah. and I think that's benefited everybody involved here in this first five games.
1: Does does the new head coach uh, uh, cringe a little bit if anybody refers to them as the Seahawks East?
5: Yeah, a little. And, and, and the reason being is because While he did work for Pete Carroll two different times, he's also got some Steve Mariucci in him. Believe it or not, his time in in Miami, he's got some Nick Saban in him. Um, He refers to Joe Gardy as much as he refers to Pete Carroll. And you're saying, who the hell is Joe Gardy? Joe Gardy is the long-time, the late Joe Gardy, the uh, long-time head coach at Hofstra. And, you know, when you're like me, if you you get a guy like this, you go back and you start trying to tie everybody together on his staff. You go back and and start looking at what Joe Gardy did at Hofstra. And maybe ask Marcus Tolston sometime about Joe Gardy. Mm -hmm. Because Joe Gardy basically built Hofstra football. And Dan Quinn coached for Joe Gardy. In fact, Dan Quinn coached Raheem Morris. You know who's on his staff now. Right. Um, I've come to find out that in Joe Gardy's tenure, there's probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 12 to 16 NFL and college coaches um, who were kind of intertwined on staffs of Joe Gardy at Hofstra. So yeah, he refers to Pete Carroll, but he doesn't dismiss it. I mean, certainly the influences of Pete are there in what Dan wants to do in his first year, but it's not the one thing that rules everything he does. And and I would use this analogy it's not like a quote-unquote Belichick guy going to become a head coach someplace else and everything they do is based on what Belichick did, if you know what I mean. I
1: do. There,
5: There's a lot of little influences from a Joe Gardy, from a Nick Saban, uh, from uh, Steve Mariucci. A little bit of the Bill Walsh influence that Mariucci had is obviously very evident, what Dan does. And so there's a lot of stuff that he pulls from. It's, it's quite fascinating, actually. and. You know his friendship with Will Muschamp when he was working uh, Sean with him in Gainesville as the defensive coordinator at Florida. There's a little bit of that in it too. I mean, you know, and because I I know Will well enough to know that when Dan has done a couple things that they're kind of uh, based on what he learned working in Gainesville too.
1: Good perspective, nice stuff. Um, Wes Durham with us here, voice of the Atlanta Falcons. He's a man of the people, so when I bring this up, Wes, <laughs> um, you'll not you'll not. Uh, think that I'm speaking a foreign language surely you've been to a potluck supper before correct
5: absolutely
1: all right so the key at any potluck right is that you you want to make sure that you don't want to you don't bring something else that somebody already has brought correct right okay well I have the privilege this week of interviewing all three guys calling the game on radio yourself Ian Eagle Jim Anderson so I'd like to play a little game prep potluck if you don't mind and so what I want to do here is I want to ask you for a game prep nugget um, that perhaps that you're hoping that none of the other folks here at our potluck supper bring, and then I will bring each of you uh, a list of the three uh, potluck dishes that you all serve up tomorrow, uh, or tonight, rather, at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Okay. All right, so um, what do you bring into the potluck?
5: Well, for me, it's uh, believe it or not, it's a historical perspective. It's because I rate the Falcons Saints along the lines of the great college series in the southeast because – Franchises basically came into existence one year apart. Uh, New Orleans will celebrate their 50th season next year, as I recall. Um, Atlanta and New Orleans have actually been playing 48 years. This will be the 92nd meeting that they've had in the regular season. Um, And do you know the first time they played, New Orleans came from behind to win the game? 27-24 to when Billy Kilmer threw seven yards to Kent Kramer at Tulane Stadium to win it. So to me, I always go back when a, when there's an obscure piece about a series, I always look back to the beginning. And for me, the saints and Falcons is so generational. And and in this part of the country, as you know, uh, the NFL is not that old. I mean, 50 years is nothing really in the NFL as we know it. And so to me, when I go back and look at the Saints and Falcons, I always go back to the beginning. And, and for that, I, I looked at the Kilmer to Kramer touchdown the other day in the box score from Tulane Stadium. And, and lo and behold, how how tight have all these ball games been? About the last dozen of them, what eight or nine have been four or less or touchdown or less. And so, seemingly, it started at the beginning with uh, with the very first game.
1: Wow, good one, haha. You are the first up, and I think that you've raised the bar high. I'll see what <laughs> I'll see what Ian and uh, Jim come well, up with.
5: Just remember, Ian Eagle, and and please tell him I said this. Jim and I haven't had our game prep posted in Sports Illustrated. Ian did.
1: And it looked terrible, by the way.
5: Yeah, it wasn't good. It wasn't good, and I'm I'm sure it was one of those. Hey, Ian, we're going to do this real quick. Do you mind? He said no, and then all of a sudden it ends up in the pages of Sports Illustrated. So. It probably would have been a little cleaner version of the folder if if he didn't know it ahead of time, maybe.
1: A network guy like him, uh, come on. I mean, at least a Sharpie, for crying out loud,
5: let alone a Manila folder. And if he needed a Sharpie, of course, he would come see me. Yes, he would. You're the only man
1: I know that has his initials on the Sharpies. (laughs) I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. And that goes back, like, 12 years, by the way.
5: Yeah, it does. It yeah. back a while. I've got a lot of colors, let's put it that way. Let's
1: do that. Can't wait to see you tonight at the, at the Dome, my friend.
5: Thanks, appreciate
1: it. i tell you good luck, but you know I'd be lying, right? <laughs> exactly. All right, Wes, thank you very much. You bet. Wes Durham with us, Voice of the Falcons. Take a break. We'll continue right after this.
2: Life is busy. You need health care that can keep up. Healthcare with peace of mind.
0: Want to listen to the Black and Blue Report on your phone? Download the Saints and Pelicans app today.
1: Some Pelicans notes here in just a moment, but let's wrap up our conversation about uh, the Saints and Falcons tonight. As promised, Michael Maudia from the Saints locker room. Uh, This was recorded the day before yesterday. I've been holding on to it till game day, and, um, and so had a chance to visit with the Mandeville native about uh, being a participant in the rivalry now that he has seen pretty much throughout his life. Michael, there's a couple of you in this locker room who grew up in this area, and so maybe a little more aware of this whole Saints-Falcons things than others in this locker room. Where do you stand on how things uh, looked from upbringing on the North Shore? Um, Well, I mean, I never liked the Falcons, really. I mean,
3: Granted, if they would have drafted me, it would have been something different. But I mean, that's a. Uh, but everybody's
1: preparing hard this week. That, you know, the next couple of days and and uh, ready to go. Isn't it interesting how you look at it now as a member of this team in this locker room? What's at hand, um, as opposed to maybe the way you saw it on a Sunday in high school or when you were a kid and it was a Falcons week. You you get where I'm going. Oh, with absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's not much different. I mean, but uh, I mean,
3: for us now, yeah, it's um, it, you know this is the most important game for us right now is, is the next game, and, and it just so happens to be a game where, so um, it's not not hard to get motivated for this one, for sure. Was there anything like this when you were playing for the Vikings? Did you experience anything like that? You know, when we, when we played uh, Green Bay, and really any divisional game for us was a big one, um, you know, so but uh, so it's definitely, you know, there's some similar. I would say Green Bay is kind of one of those games up in Minnesota, but that's kind of like your, uh, your, your most uh, similar to your Saints-Falcons
1: game, you definitely. I think back to Playing high school football, you're probably the same way. That was, you know, that, that we only get these guys one time a year. They're either across town or whatever. That's a special thing in a high school football setting. Is it is it too hard to duplicate duplicate that at the NFL level?
3: Um, you know, I think when you, you know you, when you get later on in the year, I think there's some matchups where you know you've already played once, and you, you know a lot more. You know, there's just more on the line, and so you, you know those teams those teams start to play and they know each other. You know, you see them twice a year, but when I get to Cal. I mean, there's yeah, I'm sure there's some teams. You got some guys with some bad blood for
1: sure, but that's you know that's anywhere. So Zach was saying a lot of times for him, it, it comes down to I've just faced that guy more than anybody else, and that's kind of where the rivalry comes from from him. Um, I guess that kind of makes sense.
3: Yeah, I mean, and, and I've I've played played against a lot of guys with especially uh, on special teams wise. You know, Williams I played against when he was up with the uh, I think he was with the Bear. Um, who was it, who was it with last? I forget. Um, he was either with in Chicago or he was in Green Bay, one of those two. Um, no, we're both. So, it. okay, so I played against Williams, you know, okay. the last couple of years, and, um, and then Stupar. I played against, you know, a couple other guys. Um, I played with him in college. So, um, no, I mean, there's a lot of good matchups going on, so, so I can understand that for sure.
1: You had to have some of this in the Big Ten too, right? I mean, that's an old school conference where – there had to be some rivalry games, especially with a team like Penn State. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we, we, when we always got up for like a Ohio
3: State game, that was kind of our big, our big, you know, I guess you would say rivalry game. But you know, they got the better of us the last couple of times I played them. But but uh, you, you know, you, you start getting to know the guys and kind of have that respect for them across the field. So, but yeah, it's always better to be on the winning end of that ticket.
1: <laughs> so let's sum this up a little bit. I mean, obviously, I think now the way players are are treated, taught, uh, coached. It seems to have this even keel. This this let's put forth the same focus. Let's have consistency. It seems like there's less chances to get amped up for that Ohio State game or Fountain Blue game or Falcons game. But are, are we have we come to that now with regard to that?
3: I mean, any you know it's a long year. So I mean, any, any reason, anything you know, you got to get up for you know however you can do it motivation wise to get up and get ready to go to play this game. You know, I don't think many guys here need much more motivation than than what what we're at right now, but but anything that can help us. So um, we'll be excited.
1: Truly you and Keenan and Delvin all know what it'll mean to the fans if you guys pull this off on Thursday night. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Every bit of it, yep. All right, Saints linebacker and special teamer Michael Motti. Saints and Falcons tonight, 725 uh, Central Time. Uh, The game is on CBS. It's also on the Saints radio network. And we'll have complete coverage at NewOrleansSaints.com and your Saints mobile app. Don't forget, that mobile app is perfect, especially in person at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. It's the in-game companion, I think, that we've all been searching for when attending the game in person. But if you are not at the game, uh, it's just as nice to have the, um, the live stats being updated as the game goes out. It's also nice to have the preview that John and I will have for you before the game tonight. And then after the game, you'll be able to watch... Uh, Coach Payton and others from the Saints locker room, following what we hope is a Saints win. Hey, Pelicans fans, I haven't forgot about you today. I know it's a busy Saints day, but uh, tonight at seven on uh, ninety nine five WRNO FM, the flagship of the Pelicans radio network, it's another edition of the Alvin Gentry show. This actually kind of lines up pretty good. You can catch the Alvin Gentry show at seven uh, while you're getting up to kickoff for football, and then the uh, the kick happens like at seven twenty seven tonight, seven twenty five somewhere in there. So uh, you should be in good shape. So check that out tonight. We've got lots to talk about with the Pelicans head coach, including some roster moves. Um, the, the Pelicans did wave guard Corey Webster, and uh, there probably will be another guard coming into the fold here shortly. That's my guess with Norris Cole's injury. Uh, so keep that in mind. And then two new big men will come into play for the Pelicans this weekend. One of them is uh, Mirza Begich, who is a 7-footer. And then Jerome Jordan is the uh, one we talked about earlier in the week that now has had some practice time with the team and I would assume will play uh, during this upcoming road trip. That road trip starts tomorrow. Travel to Lexington, Kentucky for the Pelicans, and then it's the Pelicans and the Kings from Rupp Arena on Saturday night. Um, that should be a fun matchup involving a bunch of John Cal- Calipari players, uh, three of which are on Pelicans roster. Don't, you know Everybody knows about Anthony Davis, but don't forget Tyreek Evans played for Coach Cal at Memphis, and so did Chris Douglas Roberts at one point. So, uh, well, heck, then on the Kings side, you may as well mention it's Boogie Cousins and, uh, and uh, William Colley stein and Rajan Rondo, too. So, uh, did Rondo play for Coach Cal? Okay, he did not. I thought for some reason that Rondo did. Anyway, scratch that last note. But anyway, uh, that should be a lot of fun on Saturday, and then the road trip continues with games at Houston and then Orlando. And we will finally, finally get the Pelicans at the Smoothie King Center one week from tomorrow night in the final preseason game against the Miami Heat. So, busy time coming up. First things first, though, Saints-Falcons tonight. Hoot at everybody, and I hope that you enjoy the game. We'll talk about it right here tomorrow in the Black and Blue Report. We'll have plenty for you, including a little bit of uh, Coach Gentry's comments from tonight on tomorrow's show as well. For Daniel Salerson and for Wes Durham and for Michael Motti and Jim Henderson, too, I'm Sean Kelly. Have a great rest of your game day, everybody. We'll see you next time here on the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Thanks
0: for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.